Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skos Caspo. Uh, well, it's been a minute since uh, we've had our own uh, pod here. Um, hopefully everyone has recovered from our epic uh, first round draft pod with the Winning Cures Everything boys. Um, I know I need a little bit of a, a breather after after that marathon, but uh, I was not nearly as hungover uh, the next day as I was last year. Sure, um, sure. But I still I still felt those uh, those thirty two picks. Hey, the the you know one of the one reaction to that scuzz would be to be like, hey, you take Wildcats out of the first round, and there's just not that celebratory celebratory you know back and out going on the good news is we may only have to wait one more year to get right back to that place we were a year ago knock wood um but yeah early early early, way too early mock drafts have skaronsky going in the teens next year yeah so so which is just i mean it put zero stock into that because it like admittedly they're like this is way too early right but People I just demand mock drafts. So exactly. here we go. We can just read that as the rest of the country realizes just how good Peter Skaronsky is. And it's not just us. So, um, right. But in any case, yeah, it was great fun. But yeah, when you add that up, it's been a minute since we've talked about uh, Northwestern sports, specifically our our favorite Northwestern team of the moment, the darlings of, uh, mm-hmm. of Northwestern right now. Yeah, softball uh, winning the Big Ten championship regular Woo-hoo! season. Yeah, uh, you know they you know, went up to Minnesota uh, this past weekend, uh, lost two out of three. But thanks to Nebraska dropping uh, their games, we clinched without having to play. Uh, you know, it's not quite as satisfying as to like win it on the field, but I mean, you you take the title any way you take the title, right? For sure, and. It's it's weird because I think one of the things we've been talking about as this season has gone on is putting it up against other great Northwestern seasons, right, that people remember. And of course, like mainly we're looking at football, you could throw the men's tournament season in, right, but just these great seasons that captured the hearts and minds of Northwestern nation, right? And um, one of the things we were talking about as this team was getting closer and closer to this Big Ten championship is that, you know, just like those teams, this team deserved to have a championship to 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 mark this special season, right? That deserved to have a banner to go along with the magic that we've all experienced week to week. But one of the other teams, most of those, one of the other things most of those seasons had in common is kind of a random clunker that kind of came out of nowhere, right? I mean, like we always think about the famous. Um, uh, loss that the Rose Bowl team had to the Randy Walker coached Miami of Ohio team, right? Scuzz, you and I were there for Iowa in 2000. Um, and so it's it's just one of those things where it's like there are those moments and this Minnesota series was just kind of that moment. I mean, I think it's the only series Northwestern didn't win. I think the entire season, I mean, it's wild. This is a team that only has four conference losses and two came in the final weekend. And well, well- well, I think we can be more specific than the series. I mean, it's the Friday game, right? Where yeah. Danielle Williams gets knocked out early. Um, she only pitches what two and two and two thirds innings, I think. Uh, the, the the Cats end up losing eight nothing in what probably should have been a tight affair because they came back on Sunday and uh, and and won a relatively tight affair. So, yeah, you, like 
that's not to say it, it would have been a guaranteed win or anything, but that's that's the huge outlier and the asterisk, I think, on that final series. Right. And I think I suppose you could go back a season before, right, to you know, the Cats had some trouble with Minnesota last year. Of course, Minnesota had an awesome team last year, so that's kind of the thing. But I think I wanna say Scuzz right that they were up in Minneapolis last year, they were in Minneapolis Minneapolis this year. Um, so there's that feeling of like, okay, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird trip. It's a weird field. I mean, I say weird field in my brain, particularly goes to that ball bouncing over Skylar Schellmeyer's head, which was, you know, I guess it's a turf field and it was just this absolute rocket bounce off the turf that, I mean, I'm sure they prepped for that. I'm sure they prepped for the turf, but it was just one more thing lending to just a, a weird thing. But again, it's like they're... I wouldn't read too much more into it other than, yeah, that this is this team that just, again, it's, it's almost like they, they need that little moment to put themselves truly on the shelf with the other great, you know, I'm sure, you know, Steve Schnur and Dwayne Bates, et cetera, you know, every now and then meeting at the reunions and stuff and being, you know, what the hell happened in that Miami of Ohio game? It's just the same kind of thing. Um, (laughs) I would say the, the interesting wrinkle, right? is and 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 I, i'm not saying this in the nature of jumping forward because i think you know i want to dwell on this championship itself but um they may potentially have a date with the gophers coming up again really soon but with that said i mean again it was you you said it a weird way to actually win the championship the way it, it went down on friday but i mean so deserved and just a, a fantastic i don't want to say topper because, you know, it's kind of like 2000, right? Northwestern beats Illinois, clinches the Big Ten championship, and then we're looking ahead to the Alamo Bowl, and it's like, oh, that's great. But this team wins a championship, and they almost have like a whole second season, you know, coming up here. Yeah, I mean, the, the Big Ten tournament is uh, starts on Thursday. Uh, for the Cats, it starts on Thursday. So Wednesday, Wisconsin plays Minnesota. Uh, winner plays us on Thursday and then kind of go from there. Um, and then you get into the NCAA tournament. You got uh, regionals, super regionals. And then I believe you're heading to uh, Oklahoma city. Is that where the, I believe that's where the, the softball world series is. Um, can either of you guys um, verify that or uh, I will. Yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma city. Yeah. Um, and I think confirmed. Yeah. And it's, I, I guess I'd fold into that, you know, just Oklahoma City. I just recently watched, I think, you know, at least highlights of Bedlam, right? So, the softball version, right? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma, of course, has been number one the entire season. But Oklahoma State was kind of a preseason top 10 team. And then, you know, had some, some ups and downs, et cetera, including that razor-thin game against Northwestern that the Cats basically had it for, you know, for six and a half innings. Um, but since then, Oklahoma State has massively jumped up. I think they're ranked right around where the Cats are ranked now. And it's one of those things where it's like they're clearly looking ahead, right, to a potential home, host, you know, effectively hosting the College World Series. But one of the things that I've been very conscious of, right, is – as you're gearing up and these super regionals, et cetera, and, and the teams that everyone's circling, it's like a Northwestern's right in that group and B a ton of these teams, like, like an Oklahoma state, for example, it's, it's teams that Northwestern has seen, right? I mean, it's the strength of that unbelievable non-con run, but 
uh, again, I think like we rolled into conference play and coming out of that unbelievable run of tournaments leading into Big Ten play that it just seemed like, okay, now this team needs to start cleaning up in the Big Ten. We really want it to happen, but also, again, this team deserves a banner, and that's absolutely what happened. They had a magical run all the way, and and they got their banner. Yeah, so uh, the the tournament starting up this week, um, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't you know shout out some of the individual performances from the regular season this year. Uh, I mean, we've talked about Rachel Lewis quite a bit, uh, this season as she's you know made it to the top of the Northwestern charts. But, I mean, just this season, hit, she hit 362, uh, 20 home runs, 50 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, um, and 36, I mean, 36 walks. She had an OPS of 1.355. That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's super bonkers. I think, um, you know, a, a week or two ago when she finally broke the record we are wondering gosh how how far could she extend it teams have clearly been pitching around her as we've gone down the stretch i wonder here. why yeah right um and i think you know Maeve nelson has has uh done some work making teams pay for that you've seen um is it hannah katie just hitting the hitting the cover off the ball um you've seen uh shellmeyer playing well you've seen um uh, nito with some some big home runs uh so it's just you know, th- th- this team is deep. We've been talking about it all year. But, yeah, I mean, Rachel Lewis has set a new home run record. She's set records for the number of stolen bases and home runs. I think she's maybe Northwestern's doubles leader or close to it. It's just it's it's just nuts, uh, the, the season that she's put up. And the postseason, right, like, gets a lot harder to pitch around players. Um, and so, you know, hopefully she gets an opportunity to uh to do some damage uh, in the postseason we'll see how it goes but i you know sam you mentioned her average that's the highest average she's posted in her five-year career with northwestern uh obviously the home run count uh is is uh the highest this year that it's been she did hit 17 as a freshman um, and has topped that with 20 this year with still you know games to play that 855 slugging a full 100 points above what she did her freshman year um has has uh struck out a little bit less is how high on base percentage. I mean, it's just been an awesome season across the board for her. And uh, just, you know, there's going to be a lot of well-deserved accolades coming her way here as, as the season closes. And, you know, I really hope she gets an opportunity to shine postseason. It's we've talked about this multiple times, but again, just the, the hilarity of, of looking back to the beginning of the season, right. And, and to your, kind of to your point, right, of talking about historical performance, performance coming into this season, and then leaps, right, and us being like, well, the Cats have to find more bats, right, and it's like, if, like, between Nikki Cucker and Rachel Lewis, Maeve Nelson and Jordan Rudd, basically, like, the average OPS across those four players is, like, 1.1, and I'm pretty sure, I think those are, like, the two through five hitters, (laughs) And it's like, it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, they are all right, just like totally hitting the cover off the ball. And that's not even including, you know, Skylar Schellmeyer, who was the leadoff and was really the hot bat to start the season too. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely, you know, hilarious. And then in the case of Daniel Williams, where it's like, what more can we or anyone else say that hasn't been said, but I, I mean, thought, let, let's just, I'm, I'm just going to run through some of yeah, her stats. Yeah. Um, uh, she was. 25 and 3 uh with with 7 saves, a 1.49 ERA, 0.88 whip. Um 
she had 270 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, it, it only gave up 12 home runs throughout the season. I mean, uh, she was... Blah, opponents were hitting 167 against her. Yeah, it's it's hilarious because in the in the the situation where again we talk about that that game that's that total outlier that makes no sense that that allows this team to take its rightful place along the other great northwestern teams, but kind of you guys mentioned earlier about Friday that the fact that Daniel Williams took a seat so early in that game and how weird that was. Well, one of the things that that happened was she hit a couple. Well, let's say she hit a batter. And the stats will say she hit two, but let me tell you, there was not a second hit batter. Um, that was smoke and mirrors. But in the course of that, they mention that one of the things Danielle Williams has done is she has hit a fair amount of batters. And in the extent that there is a weakness, and I mean, we're, you know, you're squinting pretty hard if you're finding a weakness here. She's hit a, a fair amount of batters. But my takeaway from that was looking at the stats and basically being like, so basically if you get on base against Danielle Williams, it's because you were hit by a pitch. Because otherwise you just don't get on base. It's like that's <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's not because you got a hit. Um, and and that even and you know with that said, even watching some of that Friday game where she had some of those control issues, I guess a little bit. I mean by her standards, I guess of everything about her the. The changeup, her changeup is, I mean, when it, when it's going, I mean, it just makes batters look so foolish, and we've been able to watch it for so long, and and yeah, it's just it's she has been the the bell cow, and then it's like this whole team kind of caught up with her, and yeah, it's it's awesome. They have their banner, um, but again, yeah, now it's I just. I want to keep going on Williams a sec here because I think what's what's really interesting is is you know we talked earlier in the year about the strategy that um, uh, Kate Johan has been deploying this year in terms of how she uses Williams using her a little bit more out of relief, not relying on her so solely as a starting pitcher. And when you compare this year to 2019, now granted there were seven post game game or seven nine post game. <laughs> nine postseason games in 2019 that haven't happened yet in 2022, but uh, 11 fewer starts at this point in 2022 compared to all of 2019. Um, Only five fewer appearances. So that, you know, right there shows you some of the, some of the difference in terms of how she's been used Uh, 40% fewer innings compared to roughly 25% fewer, um, game started uh but her era slightly better than as a freshman uh her record freshman year was 31 and 8 she's 25 and 3 this year as sam you mentioned so it's just interesting to see that like she's a she's a slightly more efficient version of herself the way that they've deployed her this season it's been much better than than 2021 uh where her era was over two uh she was 17 and 7 obviously the team wasn't quite as strong but um I think, you know, going into the postseason now, this is where her having more in the tank, not only being a senior pitcher as opposed to a freshman, just in terms of, in terms of what that means developmentally, but also not having as much tread on the or, or you know use on the tires as as we hit this this part of the season where 
we will probably defer to her more often than not in the circle. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out, but you got to feel like, like the Drohans have managed this season um, in a really effective way while still winning the Big Ten for the first time in a long time uh, and set them up, up really nice for the po- nicely for the postseason. And there was even... Um, uh, there was some softball uh, uh, bracket analysis going on on ESPNU today, and uh, I, I can't remember the name of the person off the top of my head. I'm going to try to pull it up here as, as I'm as I'm speaking. But uh, as they were analyzing Northwest, you know, they're basically they were basically saying like, don't you know, don't mistake uh, what what Northwestern is saying about themselves. Like this is a World Series caliber softball team and the gap between them and an Oklahoma or a UCLA or a, or a Washington or a whatever, the gap is not large and it doesn't take a lot to fall your way to close that gap and give this team a chance at a legit national championship. Right. And it's, it's funny because we, we talk about that and we've been thinking about this the whole time. It's like, we don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I mean, it's like at this point, for there not to be an Evanston Super Regional, the the NC you know, the the NCAA committee would have to be working overtime for that not to happen. I think it's something that makes perfect sense. It's something that based on the cats ranking, they ought to be getting anyway. And it's something that the NCAA desperately wants to get that regional variation. And it just like all signs point to it, right? And it's funny because you look at the Big Ten tournament, and on one hand you're like Looking at the front end of this, and right, like we mentioned, Wisconsin plays Minnesota on on Wednesday, and the winner of that game plays the Cats. So effectively, the Cats could potentially be playing this weird team that's been this weird bugaboo for them this season. You know, but not, but not in Minnesota. Not right, in Minnesota. but not in Minnesota. Where I might add, it was where I might add, it was not like. I don't think it was warm right. this weekend. Exactly. I mean, it could be wrong. Exactly. It was it was sunny, unlike in, in Chicago where it was rainy right. and dreary, but it was it was cold. Right. So there's that piece of it, right? And then um so it's like you're you're looking to get a good start and certainly make a dent in the tournament. And then there's the other part that's like, look, Nebraska's on the other side of the bracket. We didn't get a chance to see Nebraska this season. It would be great to finally, you know, put that feather in the ne- cap. Ne- Nebraska swept Minnesota for what it's worth. Right. So it's like to, to to see that, to get that feather in the cap and then potentially add that Big Ten tournament. But it's again, it's like, look, the Cats got their Big Ten banner, right? And we'd love to see a, a deep run in the tournament or winning the tournament and adding that. But it's like the Cats are Big Ten champions. Like that's in. And it's really hard not to get caught in the orbit right now of this super regional that I think we all know is coming. And Scuzz talked about the kind of the masterful managing of Danielle Williams minutes. And of course, like one part of that is it's become really clear that the Wildcat pitching against a team that is probably certainly a lower level than the teams Northwestern would see in a super regional, right? Beyond that first round regional, right? That maybe, okay, that's a different animal. But in terms of the kind of games where you're looking to go, right, 48 games, I think, is what the Cats have played this season, right? And you're looking to to rest your ace as much as possible while still racking up wins, right? Um, Lauren Dvorak, Lauren Boyd, and Sidney Supley have been, you know, 
not only up to the challenge, but each of them, right? Boyd came, I think, within one of a no-hitter. Supley pitched a shutout just, what, like two, I think two weeks ago, right? And Dvorak is the nominal number two starter, right? I mean, she's she's looking ahead, right? And this is someone where, to your point, right, they've, they've managed the minutes for Danielle Williams. Um, they're going to continue to try to be very strategic when we get into the regional, which, again, is almost certainly going to be in um evanston if the if not the super regional um look and i'm sure they're going to be looking at that slate of games right in that regional and being like all right where can we send out lauren dvorak right where can we send daniel williams how are we going to manage these minutes etc and it's going to be fascinating to watch and fascinating to see this because i think again kate drohan has been so effective all season in terms of the way she's laid this all out and i think she's but at the same time i think she's had one eye on this whole season that's about to start right off the bat and again coach drohan's got tons of experience playing in the postseason and guiding northwestern teams to the college world series and again it's like it's all it's so bizarre because they've earned this banner that's going to be up there forever it's going to be at drysdale field forever we all know this is one of the coolest teams we've ever seen, and yet they may be headed for all the most meaningful base uh, softball right now. And like you said, Scuzz, like this is um, a team that I think everyone in the softball world believes is totally capable of contending for a national title. Uh, before before we move on, I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, Dania Williams was named uh, as one of the top ten finalists for the uh, USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year. Um, so we'll, we'll find out who's going to win that, uh, as we move along. Um, anything else to mention about softball before we uh, transition to lacrosse? We should just say, so 4 PM central big 10 network. That's uh Thursday. That'll be the cats against either Wisconsin or Minnesota starting up what we all hope is going to be a long postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully the weather in, uh, East Lansing will be cooperative. Um, you hate to see rainouts or anything kind of mess with all that but uh yeah uh thursday afternoon 3 30 central like you said big 10 network um tune in because it's going to be good times also good times uh lacrosse into the ncaa tournament uh yet again um we knew that was happening but uh the lineup was set um cats got eliminated from the big 10 tournament by rutgers in kind of a weird one uh, 13 to 5 was the was the score and it's like that was just very bizarre low scoring game uh from lacrosse there um not quite sure what to make of that but uh they they do find themselves in in the tournament as a four seed we were all trying to make sense of that um it i mean northwestern's only lost four matches the entire year and it's the four that they scored less than 10 goals but that Rutgers one I I mean honestly like can't make heads or tails of it this is a team Northwestern scored 21 against Rutgers about a month ago we talked about they could have scored 35 they could have scored 40 they took 50 shots in that game and to go from a game where they took 50 shots to a game where they scored five goals I just it was just really bizarre and of course it came on the heels of that maryland loss which again i think a lot of us are kind of chalking that up and again we should say 
both Maryland and Rutgers, great teams. Um, but it, w- it was a little bizarre. But again, I think... Uh, well, I was going to say, it was, it was a heavy rain throughout most of the game. Um, yeah, that, that had to have been some factor. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that was some factor. And then I, you know, Rutgers pl- played their heart out. Yeah, the, the first half against Northwestern in the prior matchup um, was, I mean, it was basically tied, right? Uh, yeah. So you know that team can play. They're, they're defensive minded. That was their whole focus. And um, you know, uh, the the Cats didn't need to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't. I mean, certainly matching up with Maryland again, beating them would have you know maybe inked to them a three seed instead of a four seed. But um, it is what it is. And you know, maybe maybe it was a game that mentally they just couldn't they couldn't step up to. But um, in some ways, maybe nice to have a little bit of a breather here before they uh, they get rolling in the uh, in the tournament. They are interestingly the so they're the fourth overall seed. Um, however, they, the three above them all get a first round bye, whereas they will play uh, in the first round. It's so bizarre. Like I, I, I don't get that, but uh... it's so, so, so the team, the, the, I was looking at this cause I, I saw the bracket and immediately texted you guys earlier today. and was like, what? And then learned subsequently that this exact same format was used last year. Um, back in 2019, only 26 teams made it. So, uh, the first, I think, six teams got buys, uh, but they've added three teams to the field. They're up to 29 now, so only the top three teams get buys. Why not, is, why not go is, to 32? Just go to 32. Maybe there's not enough teams, right? <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I, maybe. It is weird. Maybe someone likes the number 29. Maybe it's their lucky number. I don't know. It is weird, though, because just looking at the, you know, the top seeds in the tournament right um i'm just pulling it up here right now um it's north Dakota, north, Car- north, north carolina, carolina boston college and maryland yeah so north i mean carolina it's like one maryland two bc three and that's northwestern four that's so it's like no bc's bc's two and maryland's three i thought nope not in the ncaa bracket that i'm looking at uh oh, yeah no maryland is two bc is three is what i'm looking at but regardless it's the it's it's just wild i mean again it's like those are you have that Rutgers loss, um, which is I mean Rutgers is in a, a totally different part of the bracket. The Cats are you know I'm looking at this quickly, but the Cats would either meet them in the national semifinals or you know not at all. Um, and I think, but you look at the the top three seeds. It's the the other three teams that Northwestern beat, and I think I lost lost to lo- those Northwestern lost to and. I think you can look at, at the bracket the Cats are in and, you know, uh, a potential date in the regional final there with a Syracuse team that they beat in that epic game earlier in the season. So I think if there's good news here, it's that it's quite possible that the three three of the four teams, Northwestern, did not get to 10 goals against are the three best defensive teams in the country. And Northwestern potentially avoids all of those teams um, all the way up until the final four. So again, that's putting the yeah. cart before the horse, but um, it it's, I think, especially given the way the last two games have gone for the Cats, like Scus said, I think it's a favorable draw. Yeah, horse, ho- to put the horse back before the cart, <laughs> um, Central Michigan is who they lead off with in the first round. Uh, it is a team that they should be vastly superior than. I think I think they've got to use that, right, as a little bit of a springboard, get into form, because their second-round game is going to be tough, either Michigan or Notre Dame. 
Those are two teams that they beat during the season, I think, by one goal apiece. Or, uh, no, or Notre Dame was 17-16. Michigan was 12-9. Okay, so both very close games. Um, that's going to be really hard fought. It, it will be in Evanston on the, on the lakefront. And then, like you mentioned, John, that regional final, uh, potentially Syracuse, uh, potentially Princeton. Um, see see what happens to, what happens to what happens there uh, before they they have you know bigger fish to fry in the in the final four. Hopefully, yeah. So um, that gets started this weekend as well. Uh, so we've got softball and uh, lacrosse getting going into the tournaments um, as we you know get into this weekend. Um, and anything else that we need to cover before we, uh, call it a night tonight? One thing that we should mention, um, just, you know, on the heels of the draft pod that we did, um, is Stefan Robinson and Chris Bergen both got camp invites. Um, Robinson was to Robinson got, yeah, Robinson got signed as a UFA. That's right. As a UFA with, um, with who? The Cardinals. Oh yeah. With the Cardinals. Right. Um, which is interesting because I mean, there's been that whole talk about, Cardinals love speed, and he's got it. So um, hopefully he can you know find his place in that roster. And of course Bergen getting the the camp invite to the hometown Bears. Um, well, he, he he got a, he got a tryout and has not been signed to this point. Right. So so hopefully, but again, you know, hopefully that is we all know the kind of player Bergen is, and we all know the kind of guy that you know. As he said, you know, he's the kind of guy who's he's been fighting that uphill battle, you know, his, his whole life. And he was not someone who was expected to have the kind of performance he did in college. And now he's taking that same chip to the NFL. So, um, best, best of luck to both of them. Um, and, uh, let's see one or both of them stick on a roster. Uh, also want to mention that, um, women's tennis lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to wake forest, uh, four to two. Um, can't say we covered any women's tennis this season, uh, but you know, hey, they made the tournament, so uh, good for them. Unfortunately, did bow out in the first round. So, um, yeah, bummer on that front. But we got a lot of exciting stuff this weekend. So, you know, Big Ten Network is you know easily the first place to go. Um, it's... Do we know what? Oh, ESPN Plus is where you'll find the Central Michigan game if you can't make it out to the Lakeside. Um, so, yeah. It's it's funny. I was looking at uh, I was looking at the schedule of when the Evanston regional, which again, like I mean, you can debate whether or not we're going to get a super regional. I'm pretty sure we're going to, but there's certainly going to be an Evanston regional. And the first day of the Evanston regional will be the day when a, a lot of us in Northwestern Nation will be like, you know, we'll be kind of baking off that John Rothstein hangover. So. I would say everyone who's going out to, to that fun event uh, will be able to truck up to Evanston the next day. Maybe we can even get John Rosty to tag along um, and come on up for that, that first game uh, of the, the, the Evanston Regional. But again, um, before that, we've got the Big Ten Tournament, and that starts uh, 4 p.m. Big Ten Network on Thursday. So go Cats. Hey, why not? Let's add another banner. One, we got the regular season title. Uh, let's see these um, this amazing team add a postseason title too. And the one other thing we did want to mention because we know there's a huge portion of our audience, right? That again, there's 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 definitely a chunk, and this is not unique to our podcast, but shows up for football season, the run up to football season, and is like football, give me football. We don't, we get it, we totally get it. Um, 
this spring has been a particularly fun spring. I mean, with all the magic that softball alone has provided to us. But just as a reminder, right, I mean, there's a lot of you who know, but tell your friends, right, football is right around the corner. And, and you know, within weeks, you know, really a month at the, at the most, right, we're going to be diving into our summer previews. And summer's going to be here before you know it. And uh, you guys know, you know, our core fans, core listeners, you guys know how much pride and hard work we put into the Big Ten previews. And uh, we're going to be there soon enough, so so get excited. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, that that's always a good time. You will start to shift our attention to the uh, gridiron. Um, hopefully, we'll find some good things to talk about. Uh, bring, bring some <laughs> of this softball magic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not to step on our previews, but... Mm. Rest assured that uh, optimistic, pessimistic, or neutral, we will go a hell of a lot deeper than any other Northwestern asset you might find out there. I, I, I laughed out loud when I read um, whatever the, you know, boilerplate ESPN. What did we learn in spring? What do we need to learn in fall? Recap was basically like Northwestern has a quarterback competition. We really need to learn who the quarterback is. I mean, it was it was. Did yeah, they just copy real, and paste that from the last three seasons? I mean, come on. Pr- pretty much. I mean, it was like. It, I mean, they at least are articulated like it's less of a or implied is less of a competition than last year. Like it's it's a bit more of a known commodity, but still, I just like right. I we we'll be going deep, folks. I was gonna um, say, and, and and if anything, one more thank you to Softball for gassing up our tank because we're about to have to dive deep into the nitty gritty, and 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 we will pull no punches to Scuzz's point. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website westlawpirates.com where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at westlawpirates, and email the show westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazboy, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.